The big grey man of Ben McDewey might not enjoy the same sexy status as the Loch Ness Monster, but trust us when we say everyone who encounters him is dying to get a peek. And just to be clear, when we say peak, we don't mean mountain peaks. We mean a short glimpse at the mountain peak where this creature is said to dwell. Is it possible that this could be Scotland's very own Bigfoot? Or just another tall tale? So Ben McDowell, is that in the same region then as Ben Nevis? Uh, see, no. Um, we should we should look our map. Where's Ben Nevis then? Is that not in the Cairngorms? If I'd got the two of them just assumed that all the Bens were together. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Ben Nevis is the tallest point in the UK, right? And you just imagine the second tallest point would be like next to it. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah. Ben Nevis is kind of west coast above Glencoe. Um, ah, okay. And Cairn- is this, so Cairngorms is more north, up north? No? Yeah. Not very good for geography. I wonder. I wonder. Let's just let's just fucking embrace technology, all right? Oh. So oh. there's Ben Nevis, ah. right? See? <laughs> <laughs> See oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the second highest peak, then. Yeah. So you probably want to know when the first encounter was ever recorded. Yeah. Yeah. We all do at this point. <laughs> okay, um, right. So there was first. So there, there, there was a guy. There was a guy. No, eighteen seventeen. Something. I mean that. Eighteen seventies. Yeah. Okay. So the guy. The <clears throat> there's a guy. Can't called, remember that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, there's a guy called Professor J. Norman Colley. Um, it was a real, well-respected um, uh, scientist and um, mountaineer, mm-hmm. and uh, believe it or not, his research. Um, uh, produced the first ever X-ray. That's amazing. Say that again. This guy's got a finger. On, I said that's amazing. This guy's got a finger on everybody. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, old. Uh, what's his name? Norman Colley. <laughs> Professor Norman Colley. Professor Norman Colley. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so the, this this guy was no um just random nut job. You know, he's well respected. No. Wow. Okay. <laughs> just, just jumped at people. Maybe that's a little. Um, just jumping to people who believe in things like this, random nut jobs. No, I'm saying there's always going to be people who, you know, oh, will spin a yarn and tell you a tale, but like, um, there's people in society who, when you hear that they've experienced something, you give more credence to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if a doctor. Like if they have a degree? Yeah, or if they have a degree, or if they're like, you know. That never been described as to be fantastical in any way before. Yeah. So this this guy's encounter was quite interesting. So, various witness sightings and experiences have amalgamated into a popular image of a huge ape-like misty figure that has the malign power to send people into a blind panic. In an attempt, as some writers have speculated, to push them over the steep cliffs of Lurcher's Crag. Now that's interesting. Like you said, sometimes, like you know, some of the experiences have been malevolent. Yeah. Right. And that was just because I randomly picked them that caught my attention. That was strange experiences have been recorded on the mountain from at least the turn of the 20th century. So. Yeah. So it doesn't go back that far. No. And again, this, um, or uh, Fairly Amor is the Gaelic, I believe is how it's pronounced, um, is how the creature is also known. Um, and it first came to the public attention when um, the guy we were talking about, Mountaineer Professor Norman Colley. Um, this mm-hmm. wasn't 
recently after he experienced it, he was actually addressing a general meeting of the Cairngorm Club in 1925, um, okay. where he kind of brought this up. Uh, but he yeah, has he's experienced... Like, oh, people have been bringing this up, you know? Like... Yeah, well, you know, he's talking about something that happened like 30-odd years ago, which is interesting, mm. when he was climbing the mountain alone. So, read a quote here by Professor Norman Colley about his experience in uh, 1891 and he this is what he said. I was returning from a cairn on the summit in the mist when I began to think I heard something else other than my own footsteps. For every few steps I took I heard a crunch and then another crunch as if someone was walking after me taking footsteps three or four times the length of my own. I said to myself this is all nonsense. I listened and heard it again, but could see nothing in the mist. As I walked on and the eerie crunch crunch sounded behind me, I was seized with terror and took to my heels, staggering blindly among the boulders for four or five miles, nearly down to Rothimurchus Forest. Whatever you make of it, I do not know, but there is something very queer at the top of Ben McDowie, and I will not go there again by myself. I know. Wow. So that's interesting. Again, this guy is a prominent, you know... Apologies if I butchered the name of that forest, but... It's fine. I thought it was. Uh, it sounded very genuine to me. Thank you. What did you say, Rothy Marcus? Something like that. <laughs> you there? Oh, you cut out, sorry. Oh, okay. All I heard was a thump. <laughs> my glasses on the laptop by mistake says it's a floor. Um, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, most of this is going to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty interesting, right? Again, this is a well-respected mm. guy. The scientist. The scientist. And there's details there which have come up in uh, some other encounters which we'll go into a bit later on. Um, but what do you mm. think? Um, <laughs> Stunned, I think heard something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to take it back by the the descriptive nature of his um, account. <laughs> I believe that he heard something. Sure, for sure. And this thing about the 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 one footstep for every sort of three of his, mm. which kind of gives the impression that it's, it's something with a wide gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an animal, perhaps. Mm. A big, a giant, two-legged animal, an ostrich. <laughs> Oh, can you imagine? That belt up and he did shit my pants as well. <laughs> Which would just be another problem you'd have to deal with up that mountain. You know? right. A lot of people <laughs> don't think there. about this. Having a nice weekend, right? Yeah. Sure. I love climbing me some mountains at the weekend, my personal quiet time, and a big fuck off ostrich. 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 An ostrich, like an ostrich, comes after you. Starts belting up the back of you. <laughs> the speed they can go at. Yeah, maybe we should look up. Supposed to be there? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. Okay, so um, in, in 1939, uh, Alistair Brothwick uh, wrote a book. Um, it was uh, he described there was uh, two different climbers with two different experiences and accounts of coming into contact with some mysterious on Ben McDowie. Um, the similarities were there was uh, one footstep heard for each of their two to three steps. You know, mm-hmm. this is. It's kind of consistent with the yeah. the Norman Collie thing. And the author went up on an expedition to Ben McDowie, um, and after he he kind of met up with some gamekeepers and and things that from the area, um, and he asked them if they had experienced 
um, anything similar. And he says they looked at each other for a few seconds before saying, we do not talk about that. Ooh. That's a bit odd, isn't it? So that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. That could be that could be diff- that that could be two different things. Right? <laughs> it could be yeah, um, subjective that, isn't it? Yeah, we do not talk about that. Could be, <laughs> you know. Listen, there's there's some otherworldly here, and we don't feel comfortable, you know, giving life to it. Or yeah. <laughs> we made an arse of ourselves. And don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other accounts, there's more than this. Hang on. Henry Kellis. You heard of him? No. Henry Kellis and his brother witnessed a giant figure on the mountain around the turn of the 20th century, which caused them to flee down Quarry. Oh, here we go. It's Jackson. This has never been verified as Henry Callis died on the Everest reconnaissance mission in 1921 before Norman Colley's speech to the Cairn Gorham Club. Who died? Henry Kellis. Henry? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. In 1945, there was a climber called Peter Densham who reported hearing footsteps and fleeing the mountain in panic. Peter was part of the team that was responsible for airplane rescue in the Cairn Gorms during the war. That's... Again, okay, so experienced does, people, you know? Yeah, I was about to say that. It, there's a theme emerging of everyone who's made accounts of these experiences with a big game man. Or whatever they perceived it to be. Mm-hmm. Not, like you were saying, being of some kind of higher intelligence or life experience. You know, they weren't just unexperienced random people going up the mountain. You know, they were versed in these conditions. Tough guys. Yeah. Men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't... You're not a mountaineer in 1945, right? Without being a brave, like, tough guy. up there with, right? like, socks and ballet yeah. pumps. <laughs> and half, a, half a bottle of gin, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that, was your, that was your equipment for climbing a mountain. Some, some sandwiches. You know? <laughs> some sandwiches. Yeah, some sandwiches. <laughs> a photograph of your sweetheart, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Pair of moccasins, that's you, mm-hmm. and a song. Not so these, to yeah, and and, the, um, and again, this guy. Hang on, look, this guy was part of a team that rescued people in the mountains during the war. All the time. Um, the Henry Kellis guy was, you know, he climbed Everest. Like, what are we talking about here? We're not. We're Excuse not, me. <laughs> oh dear. Are you alright? No, no, yep. it's fine. So yeah, that another. <laughs> <laughs> See, and much like the big grey man, I'm making oh, one exciting. one point for every three of your sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, do I hear another account? Here's an experience by a guy called Alexander Tunian, naturalist and mountaineer. Imagine, imagine a time where those were your, those could be your occupations. Weird one, that isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about the big grey man and Ben McDewey. <laughs> 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 the 
The real mystery. I don't think is... I've ever seen that second name before. <laughs> okay, maybe we should do a podcast right. about that then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's find out who this cunt is. <laughs> Sorry, guy. Let's find out who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> so the years, the years. This is this is an, this was an account expired in the Scots Magazine. Have you heard of it? The Scots Magazine. Yeah. No, <laughs> no neither have I. Right. June nineteen fifty eight took place in nineteen forty three. Was climbing Ben McDewey. This is interesting. He was armed with a loaded revolver in search of game for the pot. It says he went to shoot game with a revolver. Well, why not a rifle? Well. I don't you know, know anyone who's wearing short rabbits with a revolver? Alexander Tunian. The name's making more sense by the minute. <laughs> so he was returning for the mountain uh, by a quarry um, track in, in fear of being caught <laughs> yeah. in a storm, right? I'm not going <laughs> to... It's a specific quarry, yeah. but I'm not, not going to pronounce the name. <clears throat> I'm going to give you an account of Alexander's experience, if, if, that, if you're okay with that. Yeah, I can't wait. So this is is what he told The Scots magazine. I am not unduly imaginative, but my thought flew instantly to the well-known story of Professor Colley and the Fairly Amour. Then I felt the reassuring weight of the loaded revolver in my pocket. Grasping the butt, I peered about in the mist, here rent and tattered by the eddies of the wind. A strange shape loomed up, receded, came charging at me. Without hesitation, I whipped out the revolver and fired three times at the figure. When it still came on, I turned and hared down the path, reaching Glenderry in a time that I have never bettered. You may ask, was it really the fairly amour? Frankly, I think it was. Many times since then, I've traversed McDewey in the mist, bivocated out in the open, camped on its summit for days on end, on different occasions, often alone, often always with an easy mind. For on that day... I am convinced I shot the only fear Liam Moore in my imagination will ever see. <laughs> Go on. See? <laughs> Why is he whipping things out, heavy weights of the revolvers, grasping butts? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, I, yeah. And I fired up three times. Three times. Yeah. yeah. Fucking. Oh, right. So he kind of like seems like he wants the um. He wants to be the adoration known for, for shooting it. The what? The adoration for shooting it. Yeah, he wants to be the man who shot Liberty Valens. Yeah. Right. Same thing. Isn't it? Yeah. He's like, not only did I see it, but I shot it. Yeah. Oh, grasping its butt. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on from this. So it does mention here that, like, um, it, it, it says here the figure that he's filled with lead, right, was uh, intangible, not a local, lo- not a lost tourist. Um, and this kind of shows you that uh, this was 1958. So by this point, mm-hmm. um, it's become part of the popular culture of the mountain. Because mm. he's telling it in a way, you know, he says up there... Oh, people know about it at this point. People know about it because he's like, and I thought to myself... Is this fear little more? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so it must be yeah. 
people are talking about it. People kind of know about it. By the 1950s, it's become like a solid staple of Ben McDowell. Yeah. As a legend that is like, oh, be careful if you go up at these times cause, or these conditions because you might see the big grey man of Ben McDowell. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the first yeah, guy. Let's that- move on. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, the first guy, uh, Norman Colley, when he see when he was telling it, he didn't go, and I wondered if it was the Grey Man of Ben McDowell because it didn't exist then, <laughs> right? It only it kind of existed since his story, and then other, you know, I was reading that once he came out and says that he had this weird experience with the footsteps, that other uh, other mountaineers after that had came forward <clears> and said, you know what, we had stuff, but we just didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to mention it because we sounded crazy. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about Richard Richard Freer? Freer? You want to talk about the author Richard Freer? 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 I don't know how you'd say that. F-R-E-I. Freddy? Um, I nah, I feel like these are getting boring. They're all about the same. Oh no, this is my favourite one. Oh, the one that's 20 my... foot tall? Yeah. And you're like 20 feet. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what that is? You I think I'd read... 20 feet. <clears throat> I think... <laughs> the pool. Sorry. <clears throat> I think I'd said I'd I'd heard a thing that he was in his tent and he looked out and this is where he's seen this creature Mm. you you read this one okay so it was a a witness actually that uh, encounter um, not by Richard Freer but by his friend who wishes to remain anonymous I wonder why Mm. he was camping on top of the mountain when he saw a large brown creature swaggering away down the mountainside in the moonlight he estimated the size of the figure at around 20 feet tall. <coughs> Author Wendy Wood heard footsteps following her in the vicinity of the mountain after hearing Gaelic music, and there have been other reports of phenomena on the mountain, from ghostly music, feelings of panic, to the discovery of huge footprints in the 1940s. Hmm. What do you think of that? I think it's, it's the 20 foot tall thing that puts me off. The 20 foot tall? Yeah, some be 20 foot tall. Well, there might be a reason, there might be something that could explain that, we'll talk about in a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right, Amy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, in terms of it being real at 20 foot tall, it wouldn't be able to hide. Yeah. This is why, this is like, it's less the animal camp and more like the magic camp. Ethereal, sort of. Yeah. I'm not saying... Mystical. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's not real, but it's not within the physical. No, no, I just world. mean like a creature that was twenty foot tall. Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. Like the rest of it, it's a big stretch. <laughs> yeah, that stretched them right out. <laughs> that's more than a big foot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. You ever heard more of a dad joke in your life? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, moving on to the, I think the explanations next is is probably the way to go. Hear a different side of it. So one of the things you'll hear quite a lot if you um ever look into the big, what's he called? The big grey man. Big grey man. <clears throat> Um, one of the expl- explanations, especially for the sightings, um, and there has been multiple sightings over the years. Obviously, since Norman Collie, not before. 
right? So mm-hmm. if he is there, he where was the he? First, where where was he before that? <laughs> but since then, there has been a lot more um, sightings and people saying, you know, this this, this kind of like large, various sizes, a creature just off in the distance. I know there was one account where the there was there was some people who thought they saw like a face, you know, mm-hmm. behind some trees or something but like the idea that there's like a big looming figure and you can maybe hear the footsteps and maybe you sort of see something out the corner of your eye um for the visual stuff there's something called the um broken specter effect which you've heard of haven't you yeah i have yeah um especially when looking into this case it was um it's to do with when there's heavy mist Mm -hmm. reflections from sunlight and everything else and it can cast your shadow almost like onto the I guess the mist of the cloud conditions mm-hmm. further away, making it appear, you know, double the size of you are and it's often as well followed with um reported more than a few times with a, a rainbow effect above it as well. Sure. Um but it's actually just your shadow. Yeah. But I can't imagine what it would be like to see that if you're just out in a disorientated situation anyway. You know, if you're hiking and you you Low oxygen. Low oxygen, <clears throat> low visibility, and then you see this... Low self-esteem. Quite, low, low self-esteem. <laughs> and you see this quite magnificent, magnificent sight mm-hmm. in front of you. You wouldn't automatically be like, oh, that's just my shadow being projected under that rainbow, would you? No. No. You'd be <clears throat> losing your shit. You'd be losing your shit, yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's in front of you. You'd be like, I'm not going towards that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, no one no one wants to be described as someone who was scared of their own shadow. No. But is that what this is? Is that all this is? In that case, yeah. Right. But I'd be scared of my own shadow if I saw that. Um, so let's wrap this up. Yeah. If that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely fine. Would you look back at some of these cases? <clears throat> Most important thing is regardless of what you think regardless of how much credence you give them we're talking about real people here right absolutely these experiences have obviously had you know a massive impact on them yeah these are people who are out in the wilderness Mm -hmm. you know and again whatever you whatever you think about it like they you know as long as they're truthful people there's certain people out there who've experienced Mm -hmm. something right something scary something that shook them i believe yeah it wasn't. Um, um, what's the word? It, it wasn't completely. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, there was some substantial to it. Yeah. You know. I I don't think this is just all. You could we dismiss it as a bunch of guys who just want like fame or something, or just yeah. try to make money. You know, not all of them. Um, but the, see the the the, the BGM as, as I call him, <laughs> the big grey man. That's for those of you that <clears> don't know. <laughs> Yeah, for the the people not in the, in the, in the whatever loop. this is, in the loop. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we use a lot of lingo on mm-hmm. this show, True. and it's because we've been historians for the past forty five years, and oh. we've worked extensively mm-hmm. um, in cases such as this. You studied know, so we use a lot of abbreviation. Yeah, we have studied this <laughs> very intensely. Um, and and we're not what, actually like, what's historians. The, <laughs> no, you're not. I mean, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's it. Okay, right, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, here we go. Let's just let's just say, okay, neither of us are historians. Okay, 
Yeah, I know that's going to be very disappointing. And Sorry, I cut you off. You're about to say something really important about WGM. Yeah, I was. So, so, so big, big grey man, um, in terms of all the research that you've done over the past, what, decade and a half? What, what, kind, of, what kind of conclusions have you come to regarding what this <laughs> creature is? If, if he is real? Um, if I had to go solely off of my own expertise, I would mm-hmm. have to say that he's most likely fallen into the supernatural category and uh-huh. not a physical creature. Aha! Uh-huh. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that? So what, 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 what makes you think that he's not an animal? That it's for, just an undiscovered one? For the, number one, the habitat is just not there. What's it? Right. Where's it living up there? There's not a lot of foliage or cover or food sources for something that yeah. along the lines of um, your classic kind of Bigfoot or Yeti. Yeah. So if there is something up there, it's outside the the realm of what the science, outside what the the, the commonly accepted laws of nature. Mm-hmm. That's how I view it. What about yourself? Yeah, I agree. Hundred percent. If there's something weird going on up there, um, I, one thing I, I've heard this been described as Scotland's Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's. I think that's no. a bit misleading. I don't get that at all. I you think know? that's I think why that was it's just a never nice handle. really brought up when other cases like this are discussed. You know, this one this is never really mentioned, is it? The Bigfoot of Scotland. That's true. Yeah. But it's um, also quite yeah. a, I think, quite a humbling thing for these, you know, men of science or well-read and respected to befall the conditions of the mountain. They all are, right? The one thing you keep hearing again and again and again, at least four times, <laughs> roughly four <laughs> times, I think, um, is that these guys had loads of experience, yeah. is that they were rescuers and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were just like, they were never out of the bloody mountains. Yeah. Um, and up Everest and up the, you know... The, Again, or or again, the yeah, men of science, difficult climbs. They're not inexperienced, um, but they still they they had something. But does that make you immune to the effects of tiredness? Absolutely not. Fallen prey to tricks of the mind. I think you're more likely to get a little bit cocky and lackadaisical with the more experience you have of doing something. That you might push That's an interesting point. Past the point of rest, I and mean, when you should have done, or turning back, whereas you just go, "I've been doing this for years," and then when something like that happens, you, you try and chalk it up to being something otherworldly, or oh my gosh, because you don't really want to admit that you kind of fucked up and you freaked yourself out of it. Sure, absolutely. Even Lawrence of Arabia seen an oasis. Mm. That's not the right word. A mirage. <laughs> I think it was an oasis you saw as a mirage. So it's not. It's technically right. And I don't know. I, I watched that film for the first time like a month ago, and I don't think he did. I think. <laughs> what is it? What everyone says it is, but it turns out it was like a, a vending machine. <laughs> The whole point of tricks of the mind is that it doesn't make sense, okay? Mm. It doesn't matter how smart you are, that you can still, your mind can still play tricks on you, right? Otherwise, it would only be dumb people that were susceptible to to mental tricks, and we know that's not true, right? 
It's generally the opposite sometimes, I feel. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not going to give examples because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want libel. So, but I, I know some. I can think of some. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, now that's all well and good, Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you, you know, you come in here, you you think these people are coming and telling these things, and uh, I mean, not to us personally. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, the the the, the people giving their accounts. <laughs> no, definitely not. Especially. Well, we'll get to that. Especially if you're coming and telling your experiences in good faith, that's one thing you can analyse. You know, what it could be. What did that person experience, right? Yeah. Fair enough. There's also, and this does happen in life, people do lie. Don't they? Oof, they do. People can sometimes be um, intentionally misleading. Yeah. For all sorts and you know, of if reasons. You're, yeah and that's one thing to look out for especially when you're kind of investigating the paranormal which, which we've been doing for the past three decades so you've got to look out for these people because there's always throughout history there's always going to be people who want to tell you a story mm-hmm. right they want to sound cool or they just want to make stuff up because some people but just attention. like telling lies yeah yeah, yeah. feel special for a moment to feel special so you've got to look out for that but how how can we determine hmm. the truth from the lies? Do you think there could be some sort of meter that registers oh. the authenticity of people's statements or stories? I'm sorry, are you, I think, are you talking about the bullshit on 8000? Yeah, the one that you made. Yeah, the one that we made. Oh, <laughs> oh no, you put most of the work into that. <laughs> well, you conceptualised the design and then I just oversaw the logistical operations, but together we made the Bullshitometer 8000. <clears throat> Do you want to crank that bitch up? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to turn it on just now. Hang on, let me let me pull the lever. Oh, that, was a, that was a really tough lever to pull down. Oh, it's flashing... A 10, because I was lying, it was easy to pull down. And oh. that's how the bullshitometer works. <laughs> but it gives different scores <laughs> for each of us somehow. <laughs> it's because it's individual. Hang on, there's two, two bullshitometers. <laughs> you have one and I have one, right? But their length... <laughs> They're linked like Game Boy colours when you want to battle in Pokemon. And your bullshit on if you want to crank yours oh. up, please. <laughs> um <laughs> That's mine on. Oh, excellent, cool. Did you Oh yeah, that's perfect. I can <laughs> Is it linked? Um I'm just trying to get a signal. Oh. Oh, mine's just flashed up a ten. I was lying again. I had a signal <laughs> from the start. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, we're going to go through the four main accounts uh, that we've discussed this program. <laughs> um, and we're going to give them... We're going to get... Sorry, we're going to get the full shell. <laughs> we're going to get the machines. These aren't... This isn't our opinion, except when the machine gives a number, a numerical value of bullshit. Um, one, obviously, being a lie. The most yeah. likely to be lying. No. Yeah. Yeah. One's the oh, okay. biggest so liar. I don't know why tens. Just... 
No. It's the truth. Mine's was flashing 10 there because I had been telling the truth the whole time. It's flashing one now because I'm. Wasn't it the other way about? No, wasn't it like one? No, it wasn't. Ten. I truth. have one BS ten truth. That's that's it. That's it. I knew that. <coughs> I knew that. Yeah, because I was just testing you, and my machine was like liar. It was like oh, flashing see. one, 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 one. Well, now we know the machine's working, and mine's just flashed a ten. Which means that I was telling the truth that the, the machines are working. So just so. <laughs> and even when I was wrong and telling you that it was flashing up 10, I was lying that it was flashing up 10. It was actually flashing up ah. 10. But I was saying, no, it was flashing up one. one, but it was flashing up 10 because I was lying and then it flashed one really, really hard because I knew I was bullshitting. <laughs> Okay, so is your is your the the bullshitometer on your end working? Fired up, ready to go. Right. Okay. Just um, flash ten. Good. Good. Uh, bullshitometer on my end. Are you working? It just flashed up ten. <laughs> so, um, I guess we're ready to go. Okay. So, <clears throat> let's start with my personal favorite. Go on. Alexander Chinin. So, Alan. I yeah. What do you? What do you? <laughs> fucking up. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Amy, I think I know what you're gonna ask. <laughs> what are you gonna? I think you're gonna ask me how truthful. Well, I'll, I'm obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick this punch card out of the the bullshit armor with the information on that gathered. Scale of one to ten, how truthful do you think that Alexander Chinian was being about his story of his? Well, Alexander Chinian, just as a little reminder, he was the guy that says that he 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 said he was the damn fool that shot him, right? Three times, then he vaporized. So I'm just gonna feed this information on this punch card here into the bullshit armor eight thousand. This is a tense moment. It says it's working. Okay. <laughs> it should still be working. It's only two minutes since you last said it worked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> okay, so I'm getting a result now. And um, here it is. It's, it's printing out on <laughs> the dot matrix printer. It says here, Alexander Chinian, I think I... Me, uh, us, we other are going to give uh, Alexander Tunian. This is going to surprise you a little bit. I'm going to give him a three. Does that surprise you? A three? Yeah. It, it does surprise me. Can you explain? Too high? Reasons? No, no, I just want you to explain your reasons for the three. My reasons? <laughs> reasons! My reasons <laughs> are... <clears throat> Uh, okay, at first glance, and we laughed some more than others. You laughed a lot more than I did. <laughs> right. over this. <laughs> hey, my maturity levels are ten, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mister Grasp the Butt. That's who Alexander <laughs> Turian was. He said he shot him. You might think, why we even, why would, does he deserves zero, right? No numbers at all, which isn't even a setting, but we will use it in future episodes, but that's a secret and we can't tell you we're going to do that just now. Oh, no. Why, 
Why is he so low? I mean, why is he not so low? I think, right, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He was lying that he shot it. He was lying that he grasped its butt. <laughs> he was lying when he did all this cool stuff. But I think something happened and he's embellished on it. I think he's told the story 10, 20, 30 times. <clears throat> and it's gone from, I heard a weird noise okay. to... I took out my gun and I looked him straight in the eye and I fucking sh- do you know what I mean? I think that's what yeah. happened. But I I don't I don't think you'd just be sitting in this tent one night eating beans thinking, I'm just gonna come up with a story from scratch. Something happened and I think he's embellished on it. Amy, do you wanna fire up the your your BSometer? Okay. Fire it up now. Whoa, is it supposed to be making that noise? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Ding. Oh shit, is that. Do you have a result? (laughs) Oh, cool. Oh, God. So, mine's is a one. Oh, I think that's what most people were expecting. (laughs) So, go on, do you want to explain why you've given Alexander Tunian a one out of ten? Because. I just don't you don't believe a single word of it, do you? <laughs> I just don't feel like we would get on. Because he's just lying so much. Too much. He's lied too much. You don't think you would go on? No. Hang on. Have you switched? Did you? Have you been running the friendometer? <laughs> no. Why Is would I run that? I don't around? have any test <laughs> I just thought maybe you would have had a couple of drinks, blown the dust off, <laughs> given it, <laughs> given it a whir. No, I just I feel like he's just. Do you think terror. anything he says true? Be honest. Be honest. I've got a machine here. <laughs> oh yeah, I believe he was up the mountain. <laughs> oh well, that's actually quite a lot of credence you've given him there. I'm, and I'm he probably was come. up there trying to shoot animals, but I don't know what kind. What, what was it he said again? He was trying to shoot bees with a German Luger. <laughs> he was trying to shoot bees with It was bees something that ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I just... It was a fun story. Well, it was a fun story. It was very it. dramatic. It was, you know, it was a good laugh. I don't know if it was meant to It was a good be, laugh. But. Yeah. If we had a good, if I'm we had a laugh too harsh on him. Right. If we had a harsh ometer, it would be, <laughs> it would be glowing 10 right now at what you just said about Alexander Trian. I feel bad now. Well, if we had a bad ometer, that would also be <laughs> flashing 10. But alas, we can't afford <laughs> those machines. <laughs> All we have is a bullshit ometer, or do we? And you'll only know if you have one. <laughs> Next up. <clears throat> now I believe you asked me first last time, didn't you? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to ask you now. Andy McGrath's friend, um, just as a little reminder, his story involved seeing oh. fur, uh, sorry, seeing fur swaggering away down a mountain out of a tent crack. It was and twenty, a foot, 20 tall. foot tall creature. Um, yeah, I particularly enjoyed that story because it's very reminiscent of. Kind of your stereotypical encounter with a Bigfoot. Okay. You had the tent, you had visually seen the big uni man. Um, what was your main issue with it? I just don't think there would be a 20 foot tall brown creature 
the people to hide or live up there, like I was saying before. I think that what he saw was that broken spectre. Oh, effect. it's our old friend, the broken spectre. <laughs> broken. I believe. I think. I'm not going to say believe. I think that what he saw was perhaps the shadow of another climber and walker. Um, ah. And that's why he saw it swaggering down I the mountain. See. Well, I you think. think therefore, I am <laughs> convinced that that's probably what it was. Okay, I'm gonna give you my thoughts, but I want you to give my score. Sorry, if you give the results of the what, a score, the, the machine. Here it comes. It's oh. a seven. That's pretty high. I thought you. I thought. I mean, I bloody know you. I, I thought it was going to be a bit lower than seven, Amy. And I'm not saying that that's because what I, that's what I thought my machine was going to say. <laughs> but, okay, so do you want to explain why it's so high after that um, sort of personal uh, character uh, just, just destroying you just did? Because I do believe that he saw it. Okay, that's cool. That makes sense. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I am also going to give him... Hang on. My machine that's here is also going to give him a seven. Okay. Um, because I, I, do you know what? I pretty much agree with you mm-hmm. on this one, Amy. Um, I do think that. Oh no! Do you know what? Oh, hang on. Oh, is the machine it's working? Doing something? The machine's working. It's working. It's working. Error. 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 What's happening? It's giving him a six. Oh. And I'll tell you why I, why the machine took a point off there. What's he doing? The Brock Inspector. Fair enough. Awesome. Great explanation. The brown fur, he's lying. He added that one because he knows that people have started saying it was a rock inspector. Um, he, he's obviously come out and told his story, but he's seen a big 20 foot creature swaggering away mm-hmm. and they've went, ah, oh, do you know there's an effect that it, it projects a shadow up into the mist? And he's like, um, oh, well, well, I've seen brown fur too. So... I think there's a bit of deception going on there. I could be wrong, but it seems like a detail that you'd put in to stop people to, in a way that you thought would stop no, people saying it was a broken inspector. That's that's fair. I would agree with that actually. Yeah, well, yeah, he's added that in, hasn't he? He's added that in, right? He's definitely seen something, but the brown fur, he hasn't yeah. mistaken that. He's put he's put a brown because people say, "Oh, it's the brown inspector." They go, "Well, I was I explained the brown fur," and they go, "Brown fur," and he goes, "Oh, sit down. <laughs> Let me tell you a fucking." story yeah yeah do you know what i think he had added that in do you know what i mean i could be wrong okay and last but by no means third (laughs) because it's not last third but by no means third oh peter denton oh peter denton oh my goodness what the guy who um had said he heard one step for every two or three steps Mm -hmm. he ran off the mountain in panic he did and that was all. He didn't see anything. It was just audible, wasn't it? Ah, I see. Um, you had quite an interesting take on what you think Peter experienced. Yeah, I know. So this is an interesting thing. We had a little discussion about this, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We've had several. But he said, and a lot of them say, that they hear this kind of like noise for every couple of their steps, right? Two or three of their steps. And I think most of us have experienced that if we actually just think back, you know? Um, if you've ever carried a bag on your back, 
um, or you've had a weird one one weird squeaky shoe, mm-hmm. um, like you can you can be walking along and you hear some sort of like audible rhythm that you go. It sounds like someone else is walking beside you or behind mm. you and then it kind of slows down when yep. you slow down yeah. and you're, it takes you a little <laughs> while to figure out what it exactly is that you're doing yeah. you can stop and it stops that to, that to me tells me it's something on you right mm. i know these are the experienced guys but if you had some shuffling back and forth inside a rucksack you're a bit disorientated low oxygen mm. it's been a long day it has yeah <laughs> Oh, you mean for them? <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day for them as well. Um, you could, do you know what? You could get freaked out. He says he yeah. ran off. I'm going to crank up the machine just now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Peter Denshaw an eight, eight. Because I believe that whatever his account, to him, he's telling it as as is. I don't think he's embellished very much either. Because no, he has it's, added it's on brown for kind of exciting story as well. Okay, Peter Denshin, fire up your machine. Fired and ready. Okay. And it's gonna be a 6.5. Oh! <laughs> In the words of Flo Rida, that is low. <laughs> Do you want to explain why that's so low? I'm gonna have to say that perhaps he did know that that's what it was. And felt stupid after fleeing the mountain because there was something loose in his bag and he had to explain oh. why he was, you know, running back to the safety. Right. So you given a... Ah. So, I see. So you're saying that he's went, told the story, he says, I ran mm-hmm. away, I was so scared because... He made a point of saying how scared he was mm-hmm. because a lot of people will do that to give credence, you know? Like, yeah. like you know, the big fish story. Like, it's like, not only was that big, it was, a, it was the biggest fish you've ever seen. So not only was I scared, I was terrified. I couldn't yeah. stop, you know? And, ah, and then people have said, maybe giving him a couple of explanations and mm-hmm. you believe that... He just felt like a bit of a tip. And he's doubled down. Mm-hmm. And now, this brings us to the, the big boy himself... The big boy. <laughs> the, OG <laughs> the OG of the big green man. So the OG, the big grey man, you want to just refresh us? It was Norman Colley. Ooh. And um, he, he was a scientist. He invented the X-ray, I believe. I think he played a big part of it. So, the last and original of the stories, what is the verdict? Okay, so Norman Colley. That's him. We all remember fondly his account of what happened, right? It's pretty basic, but the most believable. So Norman, the X-ray collie, he was a top man. Mm-hmm. He was given a speech. He was given a talk to other science men, and they were listening because they respected him. Mm-hmm. Now, it may he have started legit. off. He was legit. There wasn't in before this in terms of. Legends up the cairn, up the Ben Mc bloody Dewey, right? So you think, well, it all started for there, but at the same time, he's a very respectable scientist. I gotta give this guy an eight or a nine. I would agree. Right? Oh, hang on. The machine says it's a nine. Does it? Yeah, it's a nine. There was a bit of a lag there. Nice. Cool. Uh, What about yourself? 
Oh, excellent. That was <laughs> fantastic. My machine was quick this thing. Oh, God, this just in. Uh, we've just got some breaking news here. <laughs> 60 years on. Um, uh, have you heard of Cameron McNeish? I have not, no. You know, Cameron. Cam. Well, this Cameron McNeish, the respected outdoor author and semi-respected walker, mm-hmm. has noted that Norman Colley was a well-known practical joker. Cameron says he would certainly have been amused by all the publicity that has been generated by the story. Oh, what? So, so what, he was just someone who was known for pulling pranks then? Hmm. According to Cameron McNeish. And he was a respected walker. Well, I have to take his word for it then. Yeah, I know, absolutely. You know. <clears throat> so it brings into question everything, um, not just that Norman Collie said, but maybe all the accounts that came after that. Mm-hmm. Sad. Well... I think that pretty much covers absolutely every instance and every sighting and every possible opinion for the big green man of Ben McDewey, right? I would say so. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, why didn't they talk about this encounter? Or, hey, why didn't they go over this piece of information? We did. You just weren't listening hard enough. If you go back and listen to it again, you'll be able to find the information that you're looking for. Yeah. But you, um, I guess we just want to thank everybody for listening, yeah. right? Oh, definitely. Thank you so much. This is our first podcast and um, we'll be one every Tuesday. Yep. So hopefully oh. you'll come back and join us next week. The machine flashed up 10, so she's telling the truth. That's a fact. Ooh. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, the, this isn't going to be our last, unfortunately. This is going to be <laughs> one. Unfortunately? No, I <laughs> Wow. Okay. I've enjoyed it too, these- Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god, your machine says you're telling the truth. <coughs> <coughs> okay, so we're gonna be out we're gonna we're gonna plan to do this every Tuesday, right? Um got a um, new we're still, address, I believe. We're, yeah, we're still setting up all the all the all the bloody we're still setting up all the bloody socials and everything, but mm-hmm. if you do want to contact the show and maybe give us some uh, <laughs> I was give us some advice, <laughs> well, I will take it. <laughs> Um, I'll put this in the description of the podcast, but um, the email you can contact us on, it's a gmail, it's ever so slightly pod at gmail.com um, and we'll set up everything else as time goes on, but right now we just want to have these conversations and, you know, um, talk about some of the, the weirder stuff in the world. So, I've been Alan. And I've been Amy. And you've been listening to the Ever So Slightly podcast. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>